Hey, hey, my lattes. Welcome back to another episode of the Transparent Truth Podcast. So I'm just going to let you know, give you a fair warning. This episode is going to be pretty deep, pretty heavy. We're talking about healing, my journey of it, my outlook on it, you know, things like that. So you know the deal. Get your glass of wine, get your water, get your juice, whatever you need to get for you to get settled. And yeah, let's get into this episode. Hey, 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 my lovelies, we're back. And per usual, you know, I always have to give credit where credit is due. Our wonderful, lovely, super amazing intro that I'm absolutely in love with was done by an amazing producer and, you know, music maker. He just happens to be my brother. Um, his name is going to be on YouTube. It's Flav Dynasty, and that's going to be all one word of I T S. F-L-A-V-D-Y-N-S-T-Y. So it's Dynasty without the A. So now that we've gotten that out the way, let's go ahead and get into this week's episode. Okay, are you guys ready for this? So just being completely honest and, you know, transparent, um, I had no clue what I was going to record this week. Um, I did my first episode last week. And it took me so long to edit it. It took me so long to like it, to fall in love with it. And I've always heard, you know, if you don't like something, if you're not fully passionate about it, don't put it out because, you know, it kind of reflects in your work. And it really wasn't that. I'm just always very, very super um, scared, scared of like what things may may happen like what may come from things like what may happen what may not happen things like that and because of that it tends to it shows in the things that I do like I've I've spent a lot of years holding back from doing the things that I wanted to do because either I've let people talk me out of it and or I've just been like nope nope and you know kind of talked myself out of it and I've been like I shouldn't do that and I shouldn't do this but It's funny because that is what today's episode is about. So I do always want to make the disclaimer and I want to put it out there that I am a very spiritual person. I do believe in God. Um, I do want to make it known that if you do not believe in the same thing I believe in, it is a-okay. If that particular part of the podcast does not apply to you, it is a-okay. I love everyone. I don't care what your background is. Um, I don't care what your religion is. I don't care what your walk of life is. I love everyone. Um, And honestly, as a Christian, that is what my job is, is to simply to love. And I do. I love everyone. And I just hope that you hear the parts of what you need or what applies to you and that you're able to apply that to your life. And yeah, do what you need to do. 
So upon getting this episode, I literally thought about it for days. I contemplated about it, talked to my best friend about it. I went back and forth. I was like, I really don't know what I want to talk about. Um, And it just seems like the theme of what's going on in my life right now, as well as like even just the people that I'm talking to in in life right now. Like um, I don't have a lot of friends, but I do have a few people that I consider really close to me. And they're like um, the women are like sisters and um i have a couple of guy friends that i consider brothers but for the most part i don't have a lot of people around me i'm one of those people where i kind of just go through life helping and healing people but i don't really have super mega long lasting friendships in a sense because it's like i came in i did my part i moved on um and that's just kind of how it's been since i was a child i will never forget being like 15 and helping 30 year olds with their problems and i used to go to my mom and i would be like mommy what what am i gonna do at 15 and and how can i help a 30 year old and she's like it's not necessarily about your age like yes some things are not going to apply because you haven't gone through that in life but it's about your wisdom and it's about the way that God speaks through you and it's about you know the the person you are and um it's funny that we speak of healing because I've always felt like I was a healer like that's who I am that's what I was made to do and like I just kind of go through life helping people heal and I've always felt like I've been completely and utterly drained because when it comes to my healing I gotta heal on my own it's just me and God out here in the wilderness at all times ain't nobody here to help me but then I realized like it's for a reason but I don't want to get ahead of myself so um I do want to give a trigger warning. I'm always very considerate with that. Um I will be talking about a lot of things in personal detail and in depth and I do not want anyone to be triggered and things like that. So this is probably your time for you to be able to decide, you know, if you would like to continue listening to the episode or if you want to turn it off. You still here? Okay. All right. Let's keep going. So um, I feel like when it comes to the point of healing, my point of starting my healing journey probably happened in 2018 um, when I went to therapy. Now, therapy was, um, it was not only court appointed, but it was also job mandated. Like my job required that I went to go see someone because I was so lost and I was just so miserable at my job like I would literally come into work every single day and sit outside the building and I would just boohoo cry like it would take me 30-40 minutes I was being late to work every single day because I was there and I was there on time and um I just couldn't bring myself to walk into work there was so much going on in my life that I literally just I hated work I didn't want to be there. I despise being there. So yeah, that's kind of where my healing journey started. Um, and we'll get to that and I'll talk about that. But I, I believe that, you know, everything happens for a reason. And in 2018, I really needed that because I never knew that it was going to do the things that it was going to do. And I never knew that, you know, therapy was going to, you know, kind of be part of my foundation to help me be the person that I am sitting here in 2023. So, um, 
my start of my healing journey, um, meaning like the things that I had to start healing from started before I even had any control over it. Um, the person that my mother made me with, um, he left when I was really young. And although he has a different story as to why he did what he did, a lot of it was because he didn't necessarily agree with what my mom was aligned with. Um, my mom was a Christian, you know, she, she upheld a certain standard in her house. She didn't do a lot of like cursing, which is ironic because me and my brothers curse like sailors. My mom was not, has never been a heavy drinker, anything along those lines. And, um, the person that she made me with, he kind of was like, he wasn't necessarily a heavy drinker, but it's kind of like he was the complete opposite of her. Like he didn't go to church. He again cursed like a sailor um he just did a lot of things that she just wasn't aligned with and it's crazy because i know a lot of people are like well you know if she wasn't aligned with him why would you get with him and it's kind of like when as an adult i have always reflected on that because i've always thought to myself like mom you were literally the complete opposite of my dna distributor like how did you end up with him and then it's like i went through my own situations and it's kind of like even in those situations god god kind of checks me and he's like how many men <laughs> how many not even just men and 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 even in friendships like how many friendships how many relationships because friendships are relationships in another sense like how many ships period have you been on that you were not supposed to be on that boat like um that's one of the things that God is working with me on right now is granting grace to my parents and understanding that they have you know a lot of unpacked unhealed trauma themselves and I wouldn't have been able to you know, recognize that in them if I hadn't done the work in me for me to be able to see, you know, what was wrong with me. And it's like, once you start doing the healing and once you start doing the work, you can easily pinpoint it in other people because it's like, oh, well, dang, I see the same signs. So, um, yeah, you know, he left when I was pretty young and then throughout my life, um, probably up until I was the age of 10, um, until my mom moved us to the Midwest, he was kind of just here and there. Like he was never present. He was one of those men that felt like he could work, 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 work. And then he could show up every now and again and give me, you know, gifts and two, three hundred dollars. And, you know, at that time in the nineties, that was a lot of money, especially for a child, like two, three hundred dollars. And then just blow me off. And that would be enough for, you know, for that to last for another couple of months. And I would like to go on record and say, um, I understand the world that we are in and I understand that it is very hard to live in the world that we live in and for you to not hustle, 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 hustle. But as a child that did not have their father, I can promise you, I do not remember the two, three hundred dollars he was throwing at me. I could care less. I would have rather spend time with my dad and be around him and him make time for me and me have wonderful, glorious memories of us sitting together laughing and kikiing and ha ha and then to be like, Oh yeah, my dad just showed up and threw money at me every now and again, like it, it the money means nothing it means nothing to a child i understand the money is necessary to raise said child but it's like you guys as parents have to find a healthy balance because the children don't remember that like a lot of people won't remember necessarily what you did for them but they'll remember how you made them feel 
And it's like, I know how it made me feel for my dad to show up for 10, 15 minutes and then throw a couple hundred dollars at me and be gone again. I know how that made me feel. It made me feel empty. Like, almost in the sense of, and I didn't know it at the time, but almost in the sense of, like, I could be bought off. Like, my time could be bought off. And I, I didn't want that as a child. That's not what I wanted. And so, um, it's kind of like that spilled over into other things because um, when I would go with him, he wasn't very attentive. He was never really present, never really there. I was always kind of pushed off on someone else. Although there were times when I went with him before my grandmother passed away, I loved being at her house. My grandmother's house was my safe space. Um, I was her baby. She, and it was because she babied him. Like that was her favorite child. Even though a lot of parents are like, we don't have favorites. Yes, they do. And for my mom, her excuse was always, um, well, this child is easier. This child is easier. I don't have as many problems out of this child. So that's why it seems as if they're the favorite. And it's like, um, what's crazy is that that's probably the child that is terrorizing everyone. And our parents just fail to realize it. But it's it's cool. It's like, you know, I, I, don't, I don't care because it's like I have worked through these things to be able to smile. Um from the rain smile from the pain it's that's kind of what it is but back to what i was saying um so yeah going with my dna distributor he was very unattentive and although my mom didn't make me go with him she never forced her children to do anything that they didn't want to do in the process of me going with him like i said my little pocket of peace at that time was my grandmother's house but in being over at my grandmother's house and i was molested by one of my cousins so at a very, very young age, on top of me already having issues because it's like my dad was never there and I was always like, you know, well, I want to be with dad. I want to be with dad. And him kind of just blowing me off in that time. I felt like for a while, like it was his fault. And it's like my pocket of peace as a child was stolen from me because I no longer wanted to go over to my grandmother's house because at that time I didn't know what was wrong, but I knew it just made me feel wrong. Like it was just like, no, because I do always know that, you know, my mom to taught me, you know, you have no, no parts on your body and no one is to touch you. And it was kind of uh, the situation of being like, well, because it came from a cousin, is she really wrong in what she's doing? Because, you know, I would never think that my cousin would do that to me. But then it was also like, but my mom said that this was wrong. So it has to be wrong. And me, I held on to that for um, quite some time. I don't think I told my mom fully, totally, openly, and honestly what happened to me up until I think last year or two years no I didn't live in the Midwest at last year so it was two years ago I told her I was sitting in her living room we were having a conversation and I told her and the crazy part is is that when I told her she knew exactly who did it so when I told her what happened she was like well you know which I can honestly attest to she was like I didn't know what happened to you I just knew something happened to you because you went from always being like I want to go to grandma's I want to go to grandma's being so excited throwing your book bag on to one day um she told me like yeah your dad wants to come get you and I'm like why well, are we staying with him or is I'm am I going for grandma's and he's she's like you're probably going to your grandmother's house and I literally was like no 
nope, don't want to go, don't want to, because it happened several times, and it happened over a period of time, and it literally took me from the time that I was around uh, seven or eight for me to tell my mom when I was 29. So, um, and mind you, this was post-therapy and stuff, and I was still scared to tell my mom because I, I don't know why, but I just kind of felt like there was a reason I shouldn't tell her. And I was like, you know, it's okay. Just keep it inside. Just don't say anything about it. But I feel like once I told my mom, it just, um, I don't know. It came with such freedom that I had held on to for well over two decades. And I just was, I was, I was very proud of myself for me saying it and sticking with it and, and being able to say it and not being able to, you know, because sometimes we'll say things that are the truth, but if we don't like the reaction that we get from the people that we've told, we will renege on what we said. Mom was those, was one of those moms where I didn't want my mama going to jail and my mom people up like and so because of that I have always been scared to tell my mom because I don't want my mom to go to jail either and it's like um I don't know it's the it's the epiphany it's it's I just I care about other people even when I necessarily don't think that they care about me because for a long time I felt like my mom didn't carry or didn't care about me in uh, many manners of what was going on because after that happened to me, um, I changed completely as a child. Like, um, I and mind you, I'm still kind of getting out of this, but I still deal with it today as an adult. Like, um, I don't like people touching me. Like, I do not like unwarranted touching. I don't like you placing your hand on my shoulder. I don't like the, oh, where's my hug at type of people. I don't like people just being in my personal space. And I don't, I have a huge problem with it. And it's because I feel like that was snatched from me as a child and no one cared. Like, I went from being this happy, bubbly, hey, how you doing type child. Now, mind you, I was like that, but I was never very friendly in the sense of, I wasn't one of those kids you could just pick up and I'm like, oh yeah, you're cool. You're No, if I didn't see you on a consistent basis, if I didn't have clearance, and even if I did, you could not, you couldn't associate yourself with me in the sense of being like, I was not a friendly baby. Like I wasn't like, oh yeah, I'm just going to go with a stranger. Mm -mm. I was never that. Even as a baby, my mom told me like people would, um, try to hold me and they would try to pick me up and I would cry and so the only ones that I really went to that wouldn't cry was my mom um my DNA distributor um and my two older brothers now one of them picked me up I'm in heaven I'm cool but I didn't even go to like my grandmother and my aunts and uncles and things like that I no, I just wasn't that type of kid but I was a happy kid and I went from being a happy kid to I didn't want anyone to touch me. I didn't want to be around anybody. Um, you know, trauma set in and I, I just wanted to be by myself because I felt like if I was by myself, no one could ever hurt me again or violate me or do whatever they did, whatever my cousin did, like make me feel whatever I felt in that situation. 
And that definitely carried over into me being an adult. Me and my brothers would fight so much because, you know, being the only girl and having five brothers, like my brothers would just do unnecessary stuff like want to hug me or like nuzzle my head or like wrestle and stuff. Just too much bodily contact. Too much. And my mom would be like, because I would literally scream bloody murder. I would would just scream all the time. And my mom would be like, please leave her alone before I whoop her. And when I was a kid, I'd be like, how am I getting the whooping? Because your sons are harassing me. And that was also something I had to get over with my mom. Because I felt like I, I got so much punishment inflicted on me. That was never inflicted on her boys. And then I thought it made it even worse that my mom got married. Um, I mean, she got married when I was younger. It's like, it's not that I don't know my stepdad, but she got married. And I felt like she allowed him to, you know, punish me. Like, I got I got whoopings. I got, I got reprimanded and things like that. But as I got older, I realized he never did it to my brothers. Like... He he would always tell my mom, get your boys, get your sons, get your boys. But when it came to me, oh, it was instant. It was quicker. It was easier. And I'm guessing it's because I was a girl, so I wouldn't give as much kickback. Um, but that was also a thing that me and my mom had to work through. It was like, um, and don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say this as if it's like my stepdad is a horrible person in the sense of, uh, I mean, he has his own issues for sure. But what I was saying is like, um, I just felt some type of way because I, I'm like, mom, you know, you got married to this man. I didn't get married to this man. Um, you brought him around us. I didn't bring him around us. I didn't have any say so. Um, I didn't know what you were getting yourself into. And it's kind of like now I have to deal with things from you, from him, from my brothers, from things. It was just, it was too much going on. And a lot of that carried over into my adulthood. Like I was just very, I don't know, like as I started to get older, I got meaner and I didn't want anyone around me. I didn't want anyone touching me. Don't touch me. Don't talk to me. Don't look at me. Don't do nothing. Like even, and I will never forget like being (laughs) at work. Um, one of my trainers was training in a new class. He was walking everyone else around and he's like, yeah, this is so-and-so and this is such and such and this is such and such. And he's like, you know, they're good with helping here. They're good with helping here and good with helping here. Now, mind you, I'm proficient in everything that I do always. So I knew my job and I was good at my job, but he came to me and he got to my desk and he was like, this is um, Mocha. And he was like, don't ask her for anything. If it ain't an emergency, don't ask her for anything. And at the time, I was proud of that. I was like, yep, yeah, mm-hmm, don't ask me for nothing because that's what my attitude was towards everyone. I I didn't want to... I didn't I didn't want to do anything but the crazy part about it was even prior to me getting into um, therapy and prior to me knowing things about like narcissism and knowing things about like gaslighting and knowing particular terms and knowing things that you normally learn through therapy and or at this point like social media for a lot of people and allowing people on social media to be their therapist and things like that. Um, I could always recognize my trauma. Like, people would be like, so, 
you know, this and this and this. And I, I never allow people to really be like, this and that and that is wrong with you. I was always very open about what was wrong with me. I'm like, no, I can tell you what was wrong with me. I have a nasty attitude. I don't like people touching me. I don't like compromise. I feel like everything I say is my way or the highway. Like when I was younger, I was very honest about that. And I didn't care. And it was like, if you want to continue to be around me, then you can continue to be around me. If not, I just don't care. And I always had this attitude also of like, I'm never going to change. I'm never going to change. And I, I don't care. Like, if you love me, you'll just love me through who I am right now. If you don't want to love me through who I am right now, then you just don't deserve to be around me. If I stayed this person for the rest of my life, you, you should just be okay with it. And it, I didn't notice in that time, like, no, <laughs> no, like you have to do better. You have to want better for yourself. Forget everybody else. Like, and I always knew my, my trauma. I always knew, uh, the things that were going on in me, but I never knew like how to heal. I never cared to heal. Like, um, you know, dealing with that, it just boiled over and it bubbled over into so many things. Now, as a friend, I have always been a down ass, riding ass friend. You want to hear me when I say I'm always the outlet for someone to plug into and I never have anybody to plug into that I can plug into. Like it, I have always been that friend that has gone above and beyond because I've always had, you know, like I said, abandonment issues. So I didn't want people to leave me. I didn't, I didn't, I, I felt like if I went above and beyond and if I did a whole bunch of things, then they wouldn't leave me. They would stay there. And in the same sense of knowing that they would stay there at the same time, I would be like always waiting for the other shoe to drop and always waiting for them to leave. Cause I'm like, I know you're not required to stay. Like if the person that created me, the person who you know made me didn't even stick around why would you and that has also is always also been my my theory when it came to men is like I've always kind of been that home girl I've always been okay with being that home girl that you're dating or that you're sleeping with because it's like I kind of expect you to leave at some time so why would I create a deeper relationship with you why would I create a deeper you know commitment to you when I feel like you're going to get to a point where it's going to be too much and I'm going to be too much and you're going to walk away and so that definitely boiled over into my relationships um you know most of my relationships that I've been in I probably shouldn't have been in but I have had this this you know thing where I've always felt like I could repair people and I could help them so I would see people and and wounded people and I would be like well here we gonna go you know that's what we gonna do and I would just go in full circle and just be like you know what it is what it is. And I would just dive in headfirst into these relationships, giving my all, giving my everything. In each relationship, I came out just beaten up, bruised, and abused. My very, very first uh, real relationship that I got into when I was 21, I it actually happened, like, physically. Um, I was raised in the church so I was trying to be on that whole path where I'm like I'm gonna keep my virginity until I get married nope I, as soon as I got out of my mom's house I mean literally I moved out of my mom's house in January 
Um, by May, I was having sex. And I was with a man that was 13 years older than me. And he was turning me out. Like, just completely messing my mind up, okay? Uh, mind you, the entire time we messed around, no commitment. No commitment. I was not his girlfriend. I knew I wasn't his girlfriend. I was okay with it because he was giving me enough for me to be okay with it. Mind you, I hid the relationship from everyone. And I kept trying to hide the relationship from everyone until boom goes the dynamite and I end up pregnant. So here I am, um, 21, no longer going to church anymore, which was my foundation, feeling lost in the sauce. Um, at up until that point, every single day I was drinking and smoking and partying at somebody's club, shaking my butt out in the streets. Okay. I was getting city girl. Okay. I was a city girl before it was popular. I was out in these streets. Okay. And boom, got pregnant. Now, mind you, that was even before I turned 21. It was 20 and, um, I actually got pregnant on my 21st birthday and, or somewhere around that time. Um, Got pregnant. Now, mind you, they've been telling me since I was 13 that I could not have children. I could not conceive children. Um, even if I conceived them, it would be like a thing or like my body just automatically ejects the baby type thing. And so for me to find out, um, you know, two months in that I'm carrying a baby, a healthy baby, you know, there were a little bit of issues, obviously, because I didn't know that I was pregnant. So I was still out, you know, hopping and bopping like I lost my mind. But, you know, it kind of was a shock to me because I was like, what is going on from January to August? It was so much thrown at me. And I didn't know what to do. And I didn't know how to process it. And then um, I was like, okay, so this is going to be different. And I don't want my child to go to the same, go through the same things I went through. So let me, let me try to do something different. So like I stopped with the party and the drink and all of that. I sat, sat my butt down, started taking care of myself. Um, I went to the guy that I was messing with and I'm like, listen, like, Let's start and and develop a custody battle, like, I mean, a custody agreement now. So we don't have to go through a custody battle. Like, we'll do it based on what our schedules are right now because I also, at that time, um, I knew his schedules. So I'm like, you know, we'll go based on what our schedules are now and we'll, you know, just adjust it as we need to in the future. Um, Long story short, I found out that the entire time that we were together that I was the side chick and that he had been in a relationship with someone for many, many, many years before I had came around. Um, and I was okay with it because again, there was no commitment. I was just waiting. That was the shoe that was dropping. And then, so, um, yeah, long story short, he did not like the fact that I was literally gracefully walking away. I've always been a person that has gracefully walked away from situations. Um, I did not gracefully walk away a couple times after that, but that's because I kept going back. Um, and when I was done, I did lose a bit of my mind. Um, but just to not get super deep into that situation, yes, he started like beating on me as a result. I lost my child. Um, and in losing my child, I lost my mind. 
like honestly I did I lost my mind and I lost so many years of my life to that trauma from the time that I turned you know late 21 because I lost my child not a month after finding out that I was actually pregnant um in losing my child I lost my mind and I for the next three years I cannot even recall those years I can't. I can look back at like Snapchat memories and stuff like that. And I can kind of like I vaguely can remember what was going on. But for the most part, I can't remember what happened throughout those years. I stayed inebriated so much. Like I literally woke up every morning in my coffee cup at work. I had to have liquor in it. So I either stayed drunk or I stayed high or both the entire time to the point where between the ages of 22 and 25, I really don't remember a lot. Of things that happen I don't remember the people that I talked to I've had guys come up to me being like don't I know you like don't don't you remember me and I'm like no and I genuinely don't remember them because they fell somewhere between the 22 and 25 and it 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 started to weigh on me to the point where it started to affect my my work it started to affect my personal relationships and um at work I literally had a complete and total meltdown at work and they were like you have to leave and you have to go get help and until you go get help you cannot return to work and then it turned into a whole other situation where it became court mandated and I went to therapy. Now, mind you, me as being an African-American woman, and I know that a lot of other African-American kids can agree with me. The one thing that our parents have always said throughout our entire lives, anytime we've been, we've tried to express like mom, dad, auntie, uncle, grandma, whoever, there's something going on with me is they always had this misconception in this concept that therapists are quacks. And that they're crazy people. And I have always heard throughout my entire life, like, do you want to be labeled as crazy? And like, do you want, do you want there the, someone to think that you're insane or something like that? When, when the reality of it is, is I was, I was, I was crazy. Like the, we are all a bit crazy. Like you are crazy. If you think that you, it's okay for you to tell your child that they're going to be labeled as crazy. I don't care as an adult now. I think that is a, a wild statement to say to your child. Because I could care less about what the world is labeling them as. Because I'm supposed to be their safe space as their parent. Like, I don't care if somebody else thinks my child is crazy. If my 13-year-old, 10-year-old, 12-year-old comes to me and is like, Mom, mentally, I need help. I'm not, I'm not okay. And there were so many times that I said, I'm not okay. And the only thing I've ever gotten back was, you just need to go pray. And you, you, you want someone to think that you're crazy. And it's, it's like the reality of it is, is even yet as Christians, like God will help you through things. But it's even said that, you know, God helps those that help themselves. You have to put the work in it. Like the Bible even says faith without works is dead. So I can have faith that God is going to help me through it. But therapists are here for a reason. And I want people to know that. 
you can be very much so saved in your religion that you're in, trusting in whoever you trust in the universe, God, Allah, who like whoever you trust in, and still needing therapy and still needing help. Because you're still going to go through things. You're still going to need that help and that assistance. And they're there for a reason. I mean, don't get me wrong, they're they're there to collect the check. But at the same time, in collecting a check, if you get the right therapist and you do your your due diligence, like if you get with the right person, it is needed and it is it is crucial to your growth that you go to therapy and get help in. Don't get me wrong. There are some very educational, amazing people out here on this internet. Even me, for you to listen to this podcast and for people to be able to help you through things. But I want to tell you, there is nothing like a face-to-face contact, snotting, needing tissues type of session with your therapist, okay? I had a therapist and I want to give out a shout out to her if she ever hears this I have not been able to get in contact with her again and unfortunately because of the place that I went to due to like uh, obviously them wanting to protect her identity and make sure like I'm not a cuckoo bird um as they would call it because that's what I've been called um they cannot give me her full name, but I had a therapist named Miss Tanya, and she literally saved my life, and she doesn't know that she saved my life. Um, I've always been this type of person, especially because I'm a larger woman, and I've always been the big person. I've always been the big friend. So throughout my life, I've always tried to do this thing where I hid. I always wanted to hide, and I, I never wanted to be seen because all I was was seen. And so the first day that I went to therapy, um, I sat in the corner and I was quiet and she had this thing where, you know, when new people came in, they had to introduce themselves and I didn't want to introduce myself. And for the first two days that I had went, I didn't introduce myself on the third day. She's like, all right, well, you know, you're the only one that hasn't. Can you just give us just a little bit about you? And I was like, all right. Yeah, I guess, um, you know, my name is Mocha. I'm this, I'm that. I'm only here because I have to be. And so she she stopped the class, and I will never forget because it was so profound. She stopped the class, and she was like, hmm, I'm going to like you. And I was like, huh? And she's like, you have this light that comes off of you and this sunshine and this brightness that comes off of you. And she's like, you're like this little flower that's blooming, but you keep covering your sun so that you don't bloom fully as almost if you're scared of who you are. But she was like, the light that shines from inside of you is just so bright and it's just so profound. And it was crazy that she used the example of you're this flower that's blooming because since I came out, my grandmother, now mind you, me and my grandmother don't necessarily agree or get along. This is my mom's mom, but she's called me Daisy since I was a child. So she was like, yeah, you're just this, you're, you're, you're blooming as if like, she's like, but your petals are really big, like a Daisy. And it was crazy that she said that. And I had knew in that moment that therapy was going to be, my breakthrough like therapy was going to be what I needed and like I was I was exactly where I needed to be in that moment with exactly who I needed to be with like God had set that up and it was crazy because it was literally 
one of the darkest times of my life. And it was like in that dark time of my life, God was still orchestrating things that I needed without me even knowing. He was like, even in the darkness, I am still going to orchestrate and I'm still going to place your steps. No matter how much you run, no matter where you're going, no matter where you think you're going, no matter how dark you think this is, there is no darkness that is that dark and that's that deep that I cannot reach you. And it's crazy because going to therapy changed my life. I went to therapy and so many profound things happened from me going to therapy. Like, um, I had met this guy and he had lost his twin and the first couple of sessions he came in, he did not want to talk. He refused to talk. But um, one day I just chose to open up and in me opening it up, he started talking to me and he would only talk to me. And then one day I got him to open up in class and in and, and, and one of our sessions, what we call class, because she actually gave us, you know, assignments for us to work on and that that would help us and he started talking and opening up and it was just beautiful because he told me like had I not met you I probably would have never done that because I've gone to so many therapy sessions and I felt like they were just bullcrap like no one ever understood no one ever had that type of kindness where they even cared to understand even in the therapist it just felt like they were just there just to get paid And he was like, but that's not the feeling that I got from you. Uh, The feeling that I got from you is that you actually cared and about what was hurting me so that we could get to what would help me heal. And it's like now where I am today, it's like, God, that is crazy to think because I was hurting like people don't know. I was literally in a dark space like I had lost years of my life and it's like how am I hurting and helping and healing at the same time and it's kind of like because when you allow God to do what he's going to do and you let him take over it and you let him do the things because I don't I don't know what I said in class I can't repeat to you guys anything that I've ever said in any of those sessions that we had in therapy and I've also I also had a one day where I was speaking and um, there was an, a, a guy in the class and he used to bring this dog around that was an emotional support dog and he would come into the therapy sessions so people could pet him and you know make him feel better and 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 the the dog make people feel better and I didn't know he was a pastor and when I was leaving out of the class he stopped me and he was like have you ever thought about preaching and I'm like dude no like literally I'm a PK like my mom is an ordained minister my stepdad is an ordained pastor um everyone in my family either sings or plays an instrument I've been in choirs my entire life like I am a PK down to a PK okay and it's like you know like my great granddad owned his own church my uncle owned his own church like like no no um I'm not I'm not preaching nothing and I was like you know I've never thought I I I, I'm like I am too and I literally told him I said I'm not a pastor I'm I'm not a preacher like I have been through too much stuff and I am too flawed and there's too much going on with me for me to be any of that and he literally told me in that moment he said 10 minutes ago in that room you were all of that in this dark place flawed all of that 
And I cannot tell you how profound the words that you spoke were. And I was like, uh, yes, sir. Okay. Because little did he know I was leaving therapy to go get a drink. So I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. But it literally therapy changed my life and I thought it was crazy because one of my biggest fears was I was like Lord I don't want to take therapy and be labeled crazy and I don't want to lose you in therapy and it's like I never lost him he was in the middle in the mix of all of it he like girl I'm here like I've been here the whole time and it was crazy because in that moment I had abandoned my faith. Like I, I, I wasn't really heavy in church, but I was always raised in church. And so the Bible says, you know, train up a child in the way that they should go so that when they get older, they won't depart from it. And it was crazy because even in me being in who I was and being like, you know what? God don't care about me. He don't love me. Like the only baby I ever was able to carry that they told me I wouldn't be able to have since I was 13. I lost and I did this and I got an abusive relationship and I, 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 and it was kind of like yeah you 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 like you 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 did this stuff like you made these choices but even in that I was like you know I had lost my faith I didn't I didn't want to be around God I didn't I didn't care to be around God I hadn't been to church in many a moons um never if you want to be quite honest I've never been a really religious girl I've always been my mom's what she calls her prodigal son like I've never been a very religious girl I've always gone and done my own thing and I've never I've always felt like church was in me and it was never four walls I never liked four walls of church I like the aspects of it and now as an adult I love going to church and I love the fellowship and I love being able to give back and the minister and things like that and I actually need to get back in church but as a child I was always like mm, I had to think about constraints and I just I didn't I didn't like it and what was crazy was when I was younger and even in the middle of my trauma I was sold out for God okay I mean I was I went to every every rehearsal I was in every praise team flag team dance team sung on every choir did everything I was on the adult choir and the children's choir I sung on praise team I did everything and it's like even in me doing everything, <laughs> I got older and was like, Boop. I was churched out. I threw that to the, the minute I moved out of my mom's house, I stopped going to church. I was like, because in my mom's house, it was a requirement. We had to go to church. The minute I moved out of her house, psh, I, you was not going to catch me at no church unless it was a special occasion like Easter or Mother's Day or something like that. That was the only time you was going to catch me there. I was not, mm uh uh-uh, uh 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 but it was crazy because even in those times I felt like I don't know I felt like God kind of wrapped his hands around me even more I think he was like this is my baby and she's not going anywhere and as an adult um like today I had a whole session where I uh wrote and I spent time with God and I did my Bible verses and things like that. And I, I wrote just in my journal um, and I was just crying and crying and crying to think about the things that and, and think about through how all of that, like God has never really left me. And there were some dark, dark times where I was like, he is so quiet. And I'm like, you don't see me down here, sir. You don't see me going through things 
And you don't, you don't see me down here boohoo crying and I'm tired of going through things. And it's like, even in the midst of the things that I was going through, now that I look back on it, I'm like, you know, he never really left me. If anything, he kind of amped up him being there in the middle of things, because it's like a lot of those things should have took me out the game. Should have took me out the game. I just, I cannot tell you guys how many times. And I know people will be like, oh no, if you want to commit suicide, like you will, you will actually succeed. And it's like, no. No, I the, I have medical records that can show you I was supposed to be taking out the game. And I've had doctors literally tell my family members. I will never forget hearing one of the doctors tell my mom, like, while my mom was standing out the room. And I literally was losing life. Like, literally. I was I had an outer body experience. I was blacking in and out. I had another situation I'll talk about in another episode. And, like, he... I, I looked at my mom. And I'll never forget looking at my mom one, one time before I was blacking out. Because I was going in and out of consciousness. And I was like, Mom, am I going to die? And I'll never forget the look on her face. Because she couldn't tell me no. She told me no. But she couldn't confidently say no. And the doctors told my mom, like, I don't know why she's here like an average person if they were going through what she's going through she she wouldn't they wouldn't be here and it it's just crazy to think about the things that we have gone through and and think about just how faithful God is even in your dark phases and and states and things like that and in all of that um as an adult now, uh, one of the things that I do and one of the things that I talk about when I speak to any of like the girls that I, 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 I talk to or quote unquote mentor that I check up on and things like that is I always want them to be better than me. I'm like, I don't want you guys to be 31 and just hitting your healing stages or coming out of your healing. Like, And it is okay if you are. It's okay if you are because I had to accept that within myself. Like it's okay that you're 31 and that you're healing because at least you're doing it. There are people that live through their trauma and that live and die with in sunken in or yeah, like sunken into their trauma. And I'm not. Um and one of the things that came from my healing is excuse me, this podcast because I was so scared. I wanted to do a podcast for years. I actually wanted to be on radio. I wanted to talk. I wanted to just inspire people and encourage people. Um, and I, I I didn't want to do it because I was like, well, somebody else is already doing it. Or theirs is going to be better. Or, you know, I just kind of talked myself out of a lot of things because of the trauma that I've been through. And people telling me, oh, you need to be quiet. You're too much. You do too much. You're just too big. You're too loud. You're too, 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 too. And it's like now at this point, when people be like, oh, you're too big. And you take up too much room. What? And baby, this ain't the room you're supposed to be in. When people tell me I'm too loud. Well, baby, you need to get some earplugs. When you, you tell me I shine too bright. Well, then you need to get some sunglasses. Like at this point, it's your problem and not mine. Okay. Anything that I'm too much of, I'm only too much of something for the wrong person. And I'm realizing that. And a lot of that came in my healing and my healing came from therapy, honestly. And, and, and even in my bad states, knowing that, you know, God is not, 
he he's he's not going to abandon me. He's not going to leave me alone even when I can't necessarily hear from him or feel him close because there are many a days where I'm like, "God, come on. Like you have got to stop with all of these things that are going on." And then I was just listening to another podcast that I absolutely love, which is the No For Sure podcast, and they had the episode with Lady London, and she was talking about how in the wilderness is where you grow. And it was crazy because it's like that is the case. Like Jesus himself before he got crucified was in the wilderness. For a long time. He was in the wilderness for a long time. And it's like in the wilderness out in the wild is where you learn survival tactics. And I feel like the things that I have learned in my wilderness days is what is keeping me afloat thus far because I know a lot of people who look at me and they're like I don't know how you did that I don't know how you made it through that and it's all literally like oh well definitely on the strength and grace of God but it's also on the things that he has taught me and imparted in me like I am tired for sure (laughs) when I lean on my own understanding and my own strength man I am tired because God keeps me on the front line at all times he like nah I need you to see what's coming and I'm also one of those people where I need to see what's coming I I act like I'm okay with living in ignorance and bliss ignorance and ignorance is one of my pet peeves I just don't like (laughs) living ignorance I don't like dealing with people that I feel like consistently dwell in a realm of of ignorance and I just be like I'm very much so uh, a realist I uh I dream a lot I, I I do I dream a lot but I'm I'm very realistic in my dreams and so um God keeps me on the front line because I need to see what's coming I need to see what's because I got to get prepared I have to get prepared and in that it's also a lonely road it's a very lonely road because um even when I can't see what's coming which is most of my life because I'm 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 also one of those people where I feel like I can do it better than God so I'm like oh if I can see he was coming let me let me let me try to shuffle and let me try to move some things around and God be like that is have you not learned yet like that is not what you're supposed to be doing and um in that I can't see what's coming all the time but I always feel like it's uh, there's dust around me and I'm lonely and I feel like there's so many people who don't understand me and I'm just constantly by myself and I'm I'm okay with it because I'm a loner I'm a big loner now obviously I'm a loner because of the things that I have gone through in life as you have heard bits and pieces of my life story but um, I'm also a loner because I'm set apart. And I honestly didn't get that revelation until like last week, y'all. I'm not about to lie to y'all and be like, oh, I've known this for some time. I have known that I was different for some time because people have always told me throughout my entire life. I can meet somebody one time and they'd be like, you made such an impact on my life. So I know that I've, I'm different, but at the same time, being different is lonely, okay? <laughs> being that generational curse breaker Black sheep is lonely. 
even in life because it's like you'll get with these people you'll think you'll have friendships you think you'll have partnerships you think you'll have everything that you need and it's like they still kind of don't know you you will literally be standing in a room full of people screaming and no one can hear you and it's crazy because it is a very lonely road but also in in my solitude um I've learned so much about myself and I've learned to depend on me and God literally like everything that I do is all credit to him and and he he constantly puts me into these situations where everything comes around full circle where it's like you know he gets the glory out of everything and that's all I've ever wanted to do even when I was younger you know my mom has never forced us into religion I had the conversation when I got older she she trained us and taught us up you know how the bible would say but um when I got older I asked her like mom you know if I didn't want to be a Christian any longer if I, I chose to you know abandon my faith and go on to something else would you still love me and she's like of course I'm gonna still love you like that's your choice where but wherever you find happiness at I, I that's where I want you to stay and it's like I'm one of those people where I'm like I know God for myself okay you ain't gonna get me to to sway to waver that is my anchor okay and uh I am one of them people where I dwell in the middle of the ocean. I think that's also why I'm very petrified physically of the ocean. Because spiritually, I dwell in the middle of the ocean. And I am in consistent storms throughout my entire life. And I am in a boat that is rocking and shaking and getting jiggy with it at all times. But it is literally because... I have the anchor of anchors. And it's like, he's never going to leave me. He's never going to let me down. God has been in everything of my life even the darkest parts even the darkest situations I remember at one point in time probably around the 2018 period before I started therapy I remember um I had yeah gotten out of a relationship with who I thought I was gonna be with forever and he was my best friend for eight years and he um you know I thought he was supposed to be it I was supposed to be my my forever and he really wasn't thank God, sometimes, honey, sometimes God saves you from yourself, okay? From the things you think you want. And he saves you from yourself without you knowing. I remember after we had broke up, I was just so heartbroken. I was so devastated. I laid on the ground in my, um, on the floor in my apartment. And I just looked up at the ceiling and I was like, Lord, please stop my heart. Like, I just want you to just stop my heart. Like, I don't want to be here anymore and I'm glad that he didn't and that I'm still here because I have so many things that I'm thankful for in this current moment and I was really saying and I'm glad that he knew I was just saying I want you to stop this hurt not my heart (laughs) this hurt and yeah I feel like everything comes back around full circle because I feel like now I am finally you know not running from who I am and my calling and what I was designed to do and I feel like literally everything that I have gone through in life I can take bits and pieces from each section and I can apply it to the things that happen to me now in life and or I can be able to speak to someone else and talk to someone else in the situation that they're in and I can be able to help them through it and and say it with with such conviction where I'm like no 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 when they be like well people don't no 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 girl I get it I get it even with guys I'd be like no I, I get it I got it because even 
it's crazy because I feel like God raised me around, you know, five boys because it's like he wanted me to understand both sides of the situation. I understand a woman's side because I am a, a woman, but I'm very much so a boy. Like I move and operate very boyish sometimes. And it's like when boys be like, no one cares. Everything is placed on you and you can't, you can't express yourself and you're expected to do this and you're expected to do that. That's literally how I was raised. Like me and my mom had to have a conversation because I'm like, mom, I was never able to express what I was. It was just kind of like, get over it. And I was still expected to get up, to clean, to cook, to help take care of my brothers, to do everything that I needed to do. And it's like, no one cared. I just, I was expected to produce what I needed to produce. And that's what I was good for. And it's crazy because I can understand a male's perspective of it as well as a female's perspective or anyone who is going through that particular situation. Like I can, I can, I can respect every aspect of it because I've been through it. I've lived through it. Like I, I, I was there. I'm there. Like I'm still, there are still things that I'm healing from. And so I just feel like everything comes back around full circle, especially when it comes to your healing process. Your healing process is never just for you. My healing process is not just for me. I have nieces and nephews now, and I know that at some point in time, they are going to need to talk to their TT about the things that are going on. And I realize that the situations are bigger than me, and that's why... The storms that I go through are greater because it's it's, it's a greater amount of people that are going to ha- need to help be healed from that particular situation. And I feel like that's kind of just what I want to tell you right now if you're in the middle of a situation and you're in the middle of a storm. If your storm seems shaky and rocky and it's like, I cannot get out of the storm and it just seems so big and it's like, what did I do to deserve this? It is far beyond you. And even if you don't understand it, because I didn't understand the situation that I was going through when I was 21, that now a decade later that I'm going to be staring down at these beautiful little faces that I'm going to one day have to help through maybe something similar. And it's like, I can honestly say if I carried the bulk of that problem and that trauma and that hurt and that the stuff that I went through for me to be able to talk to my nieces and nephews about it so that they don't go through it, I'll go through it 10 times over all over again because I care about them that much and I love them that deeply where it's like, I don't care if I have to hold that weight and I have to carry those problems. I, I look at my nieces and nephews as my children. I feel like I'm their parent over their fa- over their parents. Like if I have to carry that weight for them or for anyone else because I, I just love I love people. I do. I don't like people. Like <laughs> the human race kind of disgusts me sometimes in the things that we do. I prefer to just be with my animals, but um I do love people and I love seeing people heal and I love seeing people grow and I love seeing people succeed. One of my favorite things ever is to be around people and people be winning. I just be like, yes, like that's my thing. And I, I, I love it because I feel like I've never fully truly had that without it being like some type of animosity behind it and it really be some underhanded shady stuff. So it's like I always give what I want back. And so because of that, like I said, I feel like everything comes around full circle because 
now I'm able to be able to be in a place to be able to talk about it and to be able to, you know, speak on everything that is going through so that I'm able to help people in the future. And that's all I want to do. I just want to help people. I want to help people who feel like me, like there's no one there to help them. So I just kind of want to be that brother, sister, cousin, auntie, you know, because, and the reason why I'm saying brother too is because I'm trying to tell y'all I got some boyish ways about me. So it's like, <laughs> I just want to be that, that friend, that person that you guys can listen to on this podcast. And, you know, some, every podcast is not going to be deep. Some of these podcasts is literally just going to be me running my mouth, even though technically all of them are me running my mouth. But some of them are just going to be me running my mouth about something that made me mad that week or something that I didn't like or something like that. But I feel like one of the greatest things for us to start off with is healing. We are going to heal. We are going to heal. We're going to be better people, evolve people. At the end of this year, we are, I can't wait to hear from you guys and hear the things that you guys have gone through, but how you evolved from them because we are all aiming and striving to be better people. That is what we're going to grow and and in glow towards in this new year is being better amazing people me included so just as much as i'm helping y'all y'all are helping me through a lot of these things so that is the end of today's episode i hope that you guys love listening to it i can run my mouth i promise every episode is not going to be this long i don't intend to make them over an hour honestly um if i happen to get a little bit closer to an hour i might you know cut them down into parts but i felt like for one of our first episodes why not okay so you know what it is what it is Alright you guys, I love you. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening thus far. Make sure that you tune in. I'm going to try to put an episode out every week. I am really, 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 really fighting with um, procrastination because I'm bad with that. And I'm also fighting with um, consistency because I'm really bad with that as well. So bear with me while I try to get through this. I hope to put an episode out every single week. Um, Again, thank you guys so much for listening to the Transparent Truth Podcast. And you all have a wonderful, amazing week.